This is episode 227 of Bleak and Review. Tonight's guest, Ian Ager. Plus, New Yorker film critic Jerry O'Toole stops by. All of this and the regular theme song? Oh, yeah, on Bleak and Review. Oh, yes, you heard that right, dear listener. That is the regular ass Bleak and Review theme song. No more of this quarantine quickie nonsense. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bleak and Review. I am Kevin Anderson, your host, and I am excited to announce that we're using the regular theme song again, and I'm going back to not calling everything a quarantine quickie, and that's the only change to the show. <laughs> I figure this is January 1st. It's a brand new year. The quarantine quickies things, you know, it was relevant for the nine plus months that it worked for me, but I, I want to I start this year fresh without dwelling on the horrible year that we lost last year due to quarantine, lockdown, horrific social injustice, and the other insanity. I, I want to just, I want to go back to numbering them like normal. That's <laughs> all it really is. It's all it really is. Certainly going to try not to just dwell on negative things that are happening in the show going forward. Because I figure I did that for, you know, 48 quarantine quickies. Almost made it an even 50. Very close. Thought about it. But then, you know, January 1st, you got to do something new. My resolution was to not type quarantine quickies in all caps going forward for the year. So we're leaving it at 48. Just a confusing batch of episodes for people in the future to go back to and go, huh, that was certainly a choice. I believe I, I believe I mentioned that I'm Kevin Anderson, the host of Bleak and Review, welcoming you to a new year. Do you feel any different at all? Because I sure don't, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try to imagine the possibility of things being semi-normal, even though they're not. They're certainly not. Hastily recording this episode on New Year's Eve, which is insane. Supposed to record it before New Year's Eve. With uh, our upcoming guests, plural, two guests, you saw that right in the uh, episode description, two guests on this show, unprecedented for this podcast, precedented by many other podcasts that have managed to pull it off. And we kind of did. We pretty much pulled it off. The tech issues are there, but I'll probably edit most of them out and you won't even know anything. Yeah, I was supposed to record this episode earlier in the week, then uh, Spectrum, you know, wonderful sponsor of the show, of course, Spectrum. We're the internet where you live and you have no other choices. Their official tagline. It was, uh, they were just out all day, all day, the whole day. From the minute I woke up to, they said they were going to be back online by 1.30 p.m. in the time of our Lord, which would have been nice if that was true because I work from home and I used up all my data because they weren't back up at 1.30. They weren't back up at 1.30. They were supposed to be up at 1.30. And then the next message we got from them after asking was, we don't know when. So the whole day was spent on a hotspot and just, yeah, draining all the data. I should just have unlimited data, right? Is that a ploy to get people to download or purchase unlimited data plans? Spectrum has like a guaranteed number of outages per year per per zip code that they're allowed to do in some fucking shadowy backroom deal with like Verizon Wireless to get people to buy unlimited data plans. Not necessarily, but also I'm not 
unconvinced. <laughs> like after everything that horrible corporations have done, factually proven, that seems like a tame one that wouldn't even like blow my mind if it ended up being true. So as far as I'm concerned, that's what happened. And that's what I'm sticking to. Yeah, this is a, be a short intro because I don't really have much to say. I'm kind of bummed because A, I'm editing this and recording this instead of, you know, celebrating the new year with friends like I would have done in years past. And uh, today, on the day you're hearing this, it was announced that one of my all-time favorite musicians of all time died. MF Doom, the rapper. If you're not familiar, he's had a long, storied career in being an uh, interesting enigma of hip-hop, collaborating with a lot of people, uh, a lot of awesome producers, Mad Lib, Danger Mouse, others, under various aliases, King Ghidorah, Danger Doom, Victor Vaughn. Uh, if you're not familiar with his work uh, and you like hip hop, I, I I recommend you check him out. And it was it, I found out today that he passed, but apparently he died in October, October 31st, two months ago. It wasn't announced by his family until today, which made me start thinking initially because of stuff that MF Doom has done as a goof in the past. I was like, is he Andy Kaufmaning us for some reason? It seems weird to drop it on the last day of the year, you know, drop that news when it's, you've been sitting on it for two months. Because MF Doom is a guy who, when he was quote-unquote alive, would do silly stuff like have people that weren't him wear his Doctor Doom-esque face mask and go out on stage and, uh, and impersonate him. And, and he's always kind of, a, kind of an interesting character in that way. He didn't have a lot of, didn't like to be in the public eye very much, even though he's, you know, Everybody seems everybody that's like a hip hop head has some knowledge of him. He's kind of, I guess you could say he's sort of like the Daft Punk of the hip hop scene, perhaps, or the Dead Mouse. But I would that that seems like an unfair comparison. MF Doom is much more interesting and talented than Dead Mouse. But yeah, he if you know, and so I, I I started thinking about all that stuff, and then I was like, Nah, he's probably dead. I don't think he would do that bit. He's lived the same year as everybody else, and he seems like a he was a pretty reasonable and down-to-earth person he wouldn't like try to trick people as a goof but hey i don't know maybe maybe by the time this episode comes out we'll find out it was a hoax who knows i hope not well i hope not i mean i hope i would be happy if he was still alive but i would be sad to find out that i had been duped by somebody who influenced me in so many ways for so many years so r.i.p to mf doom of course and uh v.i.p to this episode because it's a very important podcast whoa look at that riff everybody still got it this is our first episode of 2021, and we are returning to a quasi-normal bleak interview format, where uh, after the break here, I'll be talking to my dear friend, comedian Ian Ager. He's great. You know him. If you like this show, you're very aware of Ian. And a little bit later in the episode, we'll be having a new guest on the show. He's a film critic for the New Yorker magazine, ever heard of it, named Jerry O'Toole. And he's going to break down his top films from 2020 hopefully you know we weren't able to go out to the cinema in 2020 certainly for most of the year but some films did come out and this guy had his finger on the pulse of every single one of them and he's going to tell you about it and there's nothing weird going on at all it's just a straight up film review thing i swear so without further ado let's get into it first episode of 2021 back to the basics we'll be back after this break with more bleak and review with ian ager right now
Um, so yeah, now now is probably the best time to build a computer because the the current gen stuff just dropped, and it's if you can find it, buy it. But otherwise, like things are things are only gonna get worse. I mean, yeah. Now's never been a better time for you and your family to purchase a new car. We know that you're living in unprecedented times and your next stimulus check is a fleeting myth at best. But <laughs> now, yeah, yeah, now no, more like, than you should, ever. You should <laughs> still probably buy like food and care for your family first. Right. Like, don't <laughs> right. Don't con- don't con- don't consume beyond your your means unless you can you can splurge it. Yeah. All right. So you just uh, you want to jump in, Ian? You want to start this thing off? You green bastard. We could also just not do the zoom since you're a wash in green and Noonan isn't. He doesn't have his camera on. <laughs> no, but like if I if I can't if I can't see you and your bedroom posters, who am I poking fun at? <laughs> I need my two need frameless posters, like I'm them. a child, and then my Basquiat that isn't a frame right there. Oh, there you go, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can make fun of of me and my shitty blinds. If I if only I could see them. <laughs> Oh, that's right. It's just a green wash for you. Okay, great. Um, Uh, Your blinds, those are acid washed blinds, right? (laughs) I mean, yeah. So I I thought I would clean them with a a solution of like bleach and stuff. And I guess they just disintegrated in parts. This is, I mean, this is what happens when you rent and nothing. (laughs) Like I, I, I took over a room from a person who took over a room from a person who was on the lease and the building has been sold like four times and nothing in this unit has been replaced unless we ask them to. Right. Uh, our carbon our carbon monoxide alarm like actually broke down at the beginning of lockdown, like in March. Oh, I remember uh, that. Like all- all of the all of the carbon monoxide alarms started to just like fail because they all have like a seven year timer on like the the reagents and whatnot in there that makes it tick or whatever. The seven year um, glitch, something something like that. Yes. So <laughs> I I pulled it. It was it was chirping in the middle of the fucking night. So I pulled it off the wall and I changed the battery out and it kept chirping. I was like, huh? Well, if it keeps chirping, that means it's gonna die. Um, <laughs> so it's it's chirping to let me know like, hey. Uh, my watch is about to end. You better get someone else in here <laughs> to to make sure that you know there's no lethal poison that you cannot smell or taste. <laughs> on that tip, uh, on that tip of uh, uh, like just let everything like letting like you know the previous apartment renters' problems become yours. I uh, the cheap blinds that we have in this apartment. I'm determined that I will have to lose half of them from just regular wear and tear, like just them falling off randomly uh, before I talk to my landlord about we're, it. I'm committed to that. Yeah, we're we're about, I don't know if you can see on the on the Zoom thing. Sure you can't, can't because because, <laughs> because, my, because I, I don't know what's going on with Zoom. Zoom hates me and wants me to like pay a premium to get things fixed. Um, it it is what it is, but I have about like a third of my like vertical blinds on my window have fallen off. Uh, I think you have the same from, type that I do. From yeah, what I remember, they're not they have like great. that really thin sh- part where they can break. <laughs> right, and I I should I should just like tear them down and put up curtains because the the people in the building behind me can absolutely just fucking like check in and be like ah what's on those monitors what what's we, that what <laughs> what's what's the editing right now what's this motherfucker streaming right now i yeah. i just bought fucking blinds because my apartment i'm like the tallest building for miles apparently and i hit the sun every single day so 
my room on a given day is like 140 degrees. So I like, <laughs> like Icarus. finally bought actual fucking curtains to block it out. You, you're like to, Icarus. You built your building too close to the yeah. sun. Exactly. I need, yeah. <laughs> I need to buy the fucking curtains. But uh, one thing, like I've, I've tried a lot in quarantine. One thing that I, I have yet to like rip the fucking bandaid off on is like DIY, like home improvement projects. I'm just like, no, no, we're not fucking doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Give, give me a stimmy and give me some vaccines first, and then I'll fucking get into hardware store shit. Ooh, give me a stimmy. <laughs> that sounds dirty. I like it. All right. With that, I'm going on mute for the first Yeah, episode. I was going to say well, – <laughs> I was going to say uh, thank you to Kevin Noonan for stopping by. What a random uh, what a random little uh, uh, flyby uh, uh, quip we got there. But uh, Kevin Noonan had to leave. We are back here on Bleak and Review, of course – uh, no longer the quarantine quickies, as I probably established in the intro that I'm recording later today. Uh, this is just we're going back to numbering them like regular stuff because I'm sick of seeing how many times I've had to write quarantine quickie in the subject line. Uh, I remain Kevin Anderson, of course. Joining me, first guest of 2021, of course. You know him. You love him. He's a comedian. He has Twitch. And that's all you're going to get to know about him. It's Ian Ager. What up, Ian? Hi. Hi everybody. Uh, people, people know and love me. That's news to me. So yeah. that's that's great to hear. Uh, <laughs> I wanted that's to a start. great that's a great start to this year. Yeah, I was gonna already, say I wanted to already kick, already better than twenty twenty. I was saying, I, want, me? I wanted to kick off your twenty twenty one with a little bit of imposter syndrome. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. <laughs> Uh, how you doing, I, I've, Ian? I've, I've been I've been without imposter syndrome for so many months now. I didn't realize I missed it. And now- <laughs> <laughs> That's what 2020 really took from us was uh, the the longing for certain uh, comedy based uh, uh, mental disorders or <laughs> or syndrome. I mean, not even not even comedy based. Like I'm sure it happens to violinists too, right? <laughs> but only them. <laughs> just that there's two there's two there's two there's two breeds of artists that it happens to stand-up comedy and violin <laughs> and, and violin. fiddlers that's no, it no yeah. fid- maybe fiddlers get a little bit of it but if you as, as soon as you get to like cello then you're fine <laughs> yeah yeah fiddlers fiddlers are slightly more improvisational than violinists let's be let's be fair they, and most of them they are can, irish and they've already been they through can, the troubles or 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 Scots German, you know, bluegrass <laughs> bluegrass has several different ethnicities of white that it comes from. <laughs> that is true. Now, Ian, as my first guest here on Bleak and Review 2021, Stan, uh, I, I was thinking about doing uh, putting the video of the Zoom recording out for this, but you are awash in a sea. Of I green. don't. I don't think that's going to work right nope. now. I don't think so either. But you know, people can look forward to that maybe happening uh, later this year. Who knows how long this lockdown's going to go? All right, we're uh, as I've mentioned on the podcast, California, where Ian and I both reside, uh, locked down currently for the second time in about ten months, and uh, not doing great as a as a state in terms of COVID. <laughs> lock lock lockdown is uh, a strong word. Sure. We don't have a lockdown because. Uh, you know, we while we don't want people to travel or go anywhere, uh, the governor and the mayor still want people to spend money. So uh, it's it's just a stay at home order. It's not an actual lockdown. I have friends and family in the UK who are on lockdown and they have like much stricter rules in place. Really? Um, but like here. Yeah, here. Here it's it's there's not like an enforced curfew. Like the sheriff's department said, like yeah, like we'd prefer everybody comply with the order, 
we don't have the fucking time or resources to deal with it. Like the sheriff is like, I'm not yeah, how do you... that. I don't care. Yeah. It's it would be because it seems like a very difficult thing to enforce. And now I only know like, you know, this crazy sprawling metropolitan area. So I don't really know how it goes down in other cities, but it seems like a thing. Whenever I think about the concept of like, oh, you can't be out from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. I'm like, yeah, but who like I see cars all the time at night, like after 10 and no one's getting pulled over. Like you can't like I'm in a car. Yeah, I'm not and, out. You know, <laughs> right. Like there's there's people there's people in cars. There's homeless out on the streets all the time. Right. Like all none of none of that. Like the city does not have the resources to deal with all of that right now. Uh Just to say nothing of the fact that uh, all of the morgues are full as we're talking. All of the morgues are full and have been full for at least two days now. (laughs) All the morgues are full and everybody a player, right? Like, yeah, like the the stand. So the standing protocol at hospitals right now is if someone has cardiac arrest and they're not at the hospital, uh, they're not transporting them to hospitals right now. Right. Like right. that's that's how oversaturated the healthcare system is with COVID right now. Everybody who can deal with COVID is dealing with COVID right now. So if your heart explodes or if you have a stroke, good luck, dog. Good luck. <laughs> you got this, fam. It's, yeah, it's it's the it's the it's the Ivan Drago of healthcare systems right now. If you don't have COVID, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> I thought you said I thought you said Ivan Drago, like 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 the person who killed Selena. <laughs> No. I would like I would love it if somebody out there and not me, I can't put another project on my plate, but I'd love it if somebody made some kind of comedy sketch where it's Ivan Drago, but it is that scene from Selena. <laughs> sure, sure. Dolph Lundgren from Rocky Four kills Selena. <laughs> bitty bitty bomb bomb bing bang boom, you're dead. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, we'll cut that. Oh, uh, <laughs> Timestamp, bad impression. Uh, yeah, and we're out of ICU beds and the morgues are full and, uh, you know, uh, people still traveled, I'm sure for the holidays. Uh, oh, yeah. so we're going to have even less negative space for people to fill up. Uh, I can't wait to, to see that, that surge kick off in about a week here. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Every, every picture that's being painted of January, which, you know, when, when this episode comes out, it will be every picture being painted of this month is uh pretty dire. <laughs> this episode it's is not... coming out on Ju- January 1st. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Every, every picture that's being painted in the media of this month is, is bad. Um, like I, and I, I, I really and one of the few bright spots of this year was uh Nithya Raman getting elected to city council here in LA which was terrific uh and everything she's put out since being sworn in and everything she's done is is fantastic but ju- there's just a thread from her like today that made the rounds on Instagram uh that was just like going about like hey so here's the reality of covid in places please don't go out please don't go out yeah like Here's here's all of the statistics. It's really bad, and this is this is you know one of the few but people nobody, in city council who gives a shit, right? And like people see that, but it's like it still seems impossible to get that message through to the majority of people because you know American individualism and we're indestructible. Everyone's gonna be fine. Like it's not gonna happen to me. And now that I know four friends that have COVID, I'm like, okay. Uh <laughs> all friends of the show, yeah. by the way. 
which is uh-huh. weird. <laughs> All friends of Bleak and Review. I'll let people figure well, out their process of elimination, who they correlation, are. Correlation doesn't necessarily equal causality, so don't worry about it. I don't think this podcast is making people get the rope. <laughs> I will say we did for the I can't definitively quickly. say either way, but... <laughs> I, I will say that we have been recording Bleak and Review remotely, but with every recording, I do send a gift basket full of my mucus to my guests. So, oh, oh. you, <laughs> you, know, you absolutely way. shouldn't have. <laughs> and like, and that's just because of COVID, right? Normally, that's the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if if you send me a jar of your mucus, I will burn it and throw it back at you. <laughs> <laughs> send it back, of course. Charred, charred yeah, mucus no, remains. I, I know where you live. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show up and toss an on fire jar of your own mucus at you from the other side of your gate. A Molotov snot tail. Ha! <laughs> oh, episode title. We're back. I made a promise to the listeners last week that this show would be funny again, and so we're fucking making it funny. <laughs> Speaking of making it funny, Ian, we are here on January 1st, 2021, and I got to ask, because it seems appropriate, you got any resolutions? What are you, what are you hoping? What do you want? <laughs> it's hard, right? Resol- resolutions, like, I don't know. I had, I had resolutions for this year. It was like to read more, and I guess I fucking got time to do it, and I still real, like... <laughs> the real I monkey only, spot I situation. Yeah, absolutely. Like one of my one of my resolutions from from last year was like, oh, you should read like two two books a month. Um, and I I read I think like ten or eleven books, so less than half of that, even even with the extra time. Um, I think more than anything else, like not not to to drag this show screaming back into the quarantine quickie sense of <laughs> self care and spirituality, <laughs> but. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to do resolutions. What I am trying to do is be more intentional with how I spend my time. So for me, I'm tracking my shit a lot more. Um, I've taken up bullet journaling a lot in the past like year, and that's been very helpful. Just sort of having to, having a, not just a daily to-do list, but having like weekly goals and monthly like action items and having to like keep myself accountable to that right now I'm doing this thing where I like I plan out my goals for the week and I I have like boxes that I have to check um and on days where I put forth like consistent effort on my big goals I get to give myself like a little like blue check mark at the top of the page uh so then I can go back at the end of the month and see like how many days did we actually work on the things we said we were going to work on yeah oh, was it was it like twenty eight? Was it thirty? Or was it more like seventeen? How do you feel about that? Um, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like there's nothing like self imposed shaming that to to sometimes it really works. Like not like shame, like beating yourself up about it, but like being like, come on, dude, like you said this and you did this. Like you, yeah. Was it that hard to do what you set out to do, or what? What did you actually do instead? And then you like start like absorbing the merits of that, and then you're like, oh, wow, yeah, I feel like a fool. <laughs> well, and a, a big a big part of it for me was figuring out what systems actually work when you have that much unstructured time. Because I gotta say, like for the first the first like three four months of of pandemic. 
um, I felt like I was killing it. Like I, I was, I was doing a whole bunch of stuff and working out every day and walking a ton. And I got a lot of, a lot of good progress on my goals done. I was working on packets for things, everything like that. Uh, and then like around July, I just sort of started to run out of fucking steam. Oh, a hundred percent. I would say that was the exact timeline of my steam running out my outage of steam yeah. that I had. Cause like I did a whole yeah. goddamn hip hop EP that I like wrote and like produced and mastered by myself, just like taught myself how to do all that shit, like production wise, like by the end of April. And I was like, I'm going to yeah, put this shit yeah. out. And then like just everything crashed. <laughs> yeah. I feel, I feel like um, the month of August may as well not have happened. Like I know I lived through it. I have like, it's in my calendar. Like I know what I fucking did. Can't for the life of me tell you like what actually happened. <laughs> 100%. I lost Cannot. August through the end of August through the beginning of December is not uh that that doesn't count anymore for me because that's when Hollis was staying here our friend Hollis Black okay yeah that's fair that's fair <laughs> and that was that, just a long fucking party sure <laughs> sure that was that was their time that was no longer your time <laughs> that was I, their time kind of <laughs> yeah um I don't know like November to me felt like it was half as long as the month should be and november's already like a shorter month by one day but because of because of the election because of like thanksgiving it really just felt like november was a two-week period it was like you totally. have the two week you have the two weeks that we're talking about the election you have the the week around thanksgiving and that's it that's all you fucking get yeah, because I didn't count. I didn't count the three weeks that people uh, that people from the the Trump administration disagreed with the results of the election. We don't count that as time. Oh, because that's still weeks? happening. Some of, yeah, some of some of them are still doing it. Um, you might you might have more information about this because you're smarter than I. But uh, I, I don't heard, know about I, that. Well, you're more. I think you know more things. You're probably more in tune with political discourse than I am. Uh, at um, certain point, I mean, I, I I think I think I'm a more curious cat, and that uh, <laughs> is, is like a the tum tugger. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Bringing it back, dude. Cats 2021. That's one of my resolutions: is to watch cats again. That's not true. Uh, but what I was going to say, what I was going to say was uh, I heard uh, a little bit and I haven't really investigated further because it just sounds like it's something that's going to enrage me. But like the idea of like Trump holding an alternative inauguration uh, for because he still doesn't believe that he lost. Like I can't like how that's so much cartoons. That's ridiculous. That 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 sounds like lunatic shit. Like where would they do it? Yeah, I don't know, fucking Fuddruckers. <laughs> where, where, where were, where were the? I, I still, I still like. He hasn't yet, but I still think like you know, he, he may just not come back from whatever golf trip at Mar-a-Lago he's at now. Like that might be it. He may have already had his last day in the White House. We don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I'm still just sort of waiting for like you know the week, the week before the inauguration. He just like that whole team just like flies out like a cloud of locusts to florida or wherever and they're they're just gonna <laughs> stay there uh and he'll just continue to refuse to allow lawyers past the front gates and that'll <laughs> that'll be his life he's literally going to isolate so hard that it's going to become a black mirror episode about like it's gonna be like the fucking million little units or whatever where it's just like living in his own pod of like having no idea what's going on in the outside talk, world and slowly talk, learning talk about Talk about franchises that have aged poorly. I, I, 
if Black Mirror never does another thing, I can die happy. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I feel like after this year we just had, uh, Black Mirror loses kind of its shock value. It's not really like it's not crazy anymore because we just. I mean, I'm not the first person to point this out, but like we just lived through essentially a season of Black Mirror, and like I feel like they're going to have to really that's, up the that's ante. The thing. That's that's the thing, Kevin. A portion of the population on this planet has been living through a Black Mirror episode at least at least since 1984. Right, right, right. Very at true. Least. Um, and the proportion of that is getting like bigger and bigger. And I think really in like the last five years is when it's become apparent, like even in America, it's like, oh, no, we're we're living in that dystopia. It's not there for everybody yet. But, you know, the, the future is becoming more evenly distributed. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Do you think that uh, uh, not everybody's getting the same version of the future (laughs) in like 10 years? Black Mirror will be like people will be talking about Black Mirror like, yo, did you see that fucking up the new episode? That shit blew my mind. Like things were kind of normal in it. There was the people were allowed to go outside and shit like what the fuck? Because they're like so not used to that reality. (laughs) Right. Like the the dystopia will, will start being such that it's like. Uh, oh man, those guys eat food out of whole cans. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like the old Doug Stanhope joke of like, you get too kinky at a certain point. The hottest thing you could think of is fucking in missionary position with the lights off. <laughs> it's like, it has to come Ugh. back. It has to come back full circle because you, you broke the fucking system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I'm trying to say is we need to make America great again, of course. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> That's my 2021 resolution is get weird and dumb with my politics. <laughs> but yeah, do you have – you have so like your res- resolutions from last year, you know, they were, they were kind of a wash because of what the year ended up being. Do you think you might try to take another stab at what those were? Well, I think I – think- what what i found for me that really works is like if i have a visual representation of my my projects and my tasks i do a lot better with getting them all done if there has to be like physical like visual proof that i've gotten these things done because um, you know like writing you can just be like oh well i thought about it and i like dabbled in an outline did i get any pages done absolutely fucking not but i i thought about right. it real hard for an hour so that so that counts no it fucking doesn't you didn't you didn't complete the thing <laughs> unless you subscribe so, to the mindset of uh previous bleak and review guest chet wild uh not the actual chet wild the screenwriter chet wild no relation uh thinking about writing is writing I mean, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> at, at, that, at that point, you are always writing because you, you can't turn your brain off. Sure, and and, and I've that's tried. The, that's the thing. You just you just have you just have to focus on stuff enough where your brain will think about it while you're asleep or while you're doing other things. That's where that's where all these like shower epiphanies come from. Is because you totally you obsess over a, a task and it it goes into the the other part. It's not, you know, your consciousness, your conscious thought. But the rest of your brain is like still working on problems the whole time. It's it's you know, why we're the dominant species. That and gunpowder. <laughs> I write most of my tweets, honestly, this is not a bit. I write most of my tweets in uh, uh, the fog of uh, recently woken up in a hungover state, like still kind of got sleep brain. I just think of a crazy, f- like the other day I just wrote that I was looking through my notes and like at 9.30 a.m. in my phone, I wrote down the phrase, I am Jack's gangbang FOMO. I was like, what is that? What does that even mean? 
That's what happens, though. It's a weird primeval state of the brain, I think. It's kind of shower thoughts are similar, I think. It's like when you're... Yeah. You know maybe I mean? maybe that's maybe that's one of my 2021 uh, goals is like get get back to social media. Maybe that shouldn't be because I've I've kind of like in the last basically like October October through now uh, I sort of just stopped doing anything on social media. Like I get I'm, that. I'm on I'm on Twitter, but like the most I post on Twitter is just like when I have a game of Magic the Gathering that's <laughs> right. really fun. Like right. that's that's what my fucking Twitter has become, and I'm like, honestly, I kind of enjoy that. Um, I I don't I don't like the the pressure to like come up with a new fart joke every time I'm on the toilet. Oh, hundred um, percent. But I mean, and, what better place to do it? And I'm I'm very I'm very conscious that Twitter is is just like a different form of cigarettes for your brain. Like it's it's just it's this hell site that every time I open it, I find something that makes me want to scream within ten seconds. Uh, so I should just put it down. And oftentimes I do put it down, and then I'll refresh the app like two seconds later and be like, <laughs> "All right, let's see let's see what else is on there. Is it still bad? Ah, oh, it's still bad. <laughs> I know. Oh, I absolutely get that. Like a hundred percent. I had the same thing where like i needed to take a break from social media and like you know i'd hop on to post a thing but i had to stop doom scrolling so hard but like i also would feel the guilt of or not guilt it's because it's not a real thing to be guilty of but you feel as a performer that doesn't currently have like a live stage to go to ever other than this podcast i'm like i need to be putting out content so people know i'm still funny i'm just like they know they don't need every hour for you to tweet something like I don't know. I feel like it's it's been healthy for me to uh, keep that at an arm's distance for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, like like I said, I'm trying to be more intentional with with what I'm spending my time on, and Twitter Twitter these days isn't that productive. Now, Twitter's still a great way no. to have conversations with people about things, um, and if you want to totally. use Twitter in that way, that that sounds healthy. That's probably what I'm going to try and fuck around with going going down the road but like this yeah because this whole thing this whole thing where you know you're like you're you're telling me a checks made this mix like come on what are we doing here <laughs> what are we doing here what is that like it's uh and then like twitter twitter is where i get most of my news but again like getting my news from twitter nowadays it feels like i'm some sort of like really old wolverine with his leg caught in a bear trap so like i keep gnawing my own foot off to try and escape and then i forget uh so my my healing factor like regenerates my leg a little bit and then i remember ah shit i'm in this bear trap i gotta gotta keep so i'm just constantly gnawing at my own foot and i never get out of the trap i just like i forget and if i'm not mistaken that is your word for word your comedian bio on your website right (laughs) (laughs) my website don't talk about my website i had one of those for a minute and then the squarespace thing lapsed because i didn't have money and i never renewed it so 50 episodes of this podcast are gone forever Uh, (laughs) i at least you had 50 episodes of something to have on a website that went away forever (laughs) i i had i had nothing i'm sure like my website to this day is just like i have show dates from when i did flappers in 20 (laughs) i want to say 2014 like that's how that's how old my website is. Your website is a look back machine at the early years of Ian Ager's career. I I am awful at being a, a professional funny person. I am I'm way better writing than I am just like talking about things these days. If you if you I would like everybody- me to write 
If you'd like me to write things, please hire me to write things. I I, love writing things. I think that is a sentiment that a lot of comedians that I know uh, are feeling right now because of the inability to be on stage and and also just be around our comedy friends in like a, you know, physical way where we're like riffing and having cigarettes and drinking and having a good time. Um, But that being said, Ian, we do have another guest on this show that does write things as well. Thank God. Thank I know, God. right? This is exciting. I haven't had two guests on this show since the beginning of March. That's fascinating Man. to me. Um, I'm very excited. I hope you can stick around and uh, interview this person with me. I would love to. I, I, I would say be that funny not. I say that not knowing who this. I say that not knowing who this is. I could have. Oh, you know, I yeah, I could have just agreed to like sit down with you and Ben Shapiro, and I was about to, I was going to go Richard instant, Spencer, but you nailed exactly the bit I was going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we got a big, big get. That's that's the goal of uh, this podcast in 2021. Is I want to make it more like the Joe Rogan experience, where I give a platform to terrible people under the guise of free speech, and then sell uh, muscle milk on a website. <laughs> Joe Joe Rogan wishes he could sell muscle milk. Joe oh. Rogan sells. Joe Rogan sells kettlebells and brain powder. <laughs> brain powder. That's what it is. I knew it was some bullshit like that. Well, we do have um, a uh, art critic from, I believe, the New York Times, Jerry O'Toole, uh, after this break. And so we're going to go to that break. Ian will be here uh, after the break. We'll be back with more Bleak Interview with Ian Ager and Jerry O'Toole, critic to the stars. After this... Sure. That's like how when they're like marketing when they're marketing a film, they always make sure to like put a billboard like on the street where the producer lives, so the producer thinks oh. they're like marketing the shit out of this movie because it's like, oh yeah, oh, there's a there's a billboard for that RoboCop movie like right outside my house. And it, is that the, real? It that's crazy. Out, like, that's uh, Rivers. Rivers talked about that on uh, Goods from the Woods like this this past week, I think. Oh um, wow. Where like. Yeah, because when he had to when he had to give like tours to to families, like they would drive around in like Beverly Hills, and they would see like, oh man, they're really advertising the shit out of this RoboCop movie. And he's like, yeah, the producer lives like on that corner. Yeah, they're advertising the shit out of that movie right here. <laughs> and that is that is like that's just, that's just what they do. Like a portion of their marketing budget is just like, okay, where does where does the like where do the stars and the the execs live? Those guys get billboards, and then whatever <laughs> else we have left, we'll we'll put other billboards around places. Bleak and review. We are returning here. I remain Kevin Anderson. Holy shit, we've got a second guest with me in the co-pilot position, awash in a sea of green on the Zoom call. Ian Ager is still here. Hello, Ian. Hello. I I am uh, Zoom seasick. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Zoom seasick. Uh, and we have another guest joining us. This is very exciting. Uh, we haven't had anybody from uh, the world of uh, art criticism on the podcast in a very long time, if ever. Uh, please welcome to the show from the New Yorker magazine, critic of the arts to the stars, Jerry O'Toole. Hello, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Ian. It's so exciting to be here. I'm thrilled to talk about my favorite films and some of my least favorite films of the year 2020 so far. That's that's fast. I'm very excited that you're here to do that because I feel like this was a tough year for film. It was tough. You know, studios. Well, 
I just I, Go I, ahead, I, I before we get started, I, I do I do want to apologize to Mr. O'Toole for for my appearance on this Zoom call. Uh, I I have no control over my video feed being all like greened out like this. Um, but I I hopefully this is only like the second or third most embarrassing thing that someone on a New York Times Zoom feed has had to look at this year. Oh, that's very that's very funny. That's very funny. That's very funny. I'm so glad. That's very funny. Can we move past that immediately, please? Yeah, please, by all means. I, re- I, regret, I regret opening my mouth entirely. Especially since he works at the New Yorker. Uh, all right, so <laughs> I was just going to say, I was going to say that this is a tough year for film, you know, like uh, it, it, it was, it was devastating, you know, studios didn't shut down and they kept, you know, making people go and, and, and work and get tested a lot and wear masks and they spiked a lot of stuff in LA, but they still, it was tough for film this year so but there were some triumphs i would imagine some goofs and gaffes and i'm excited to hear your professional opinion on it of course kevin ian like many americans this year i saw 16 films some of them i was lucky enough to write about in the storied pages of the new yorker magazine uh, as film criticism some of them i haven't quite gotten to put my unique spin on (laughs) that many fans of course know me for i'd like to just do a quick retrospective of these films and we can discuss them as they come up, but just to give you my review and we can sort of go from there. Should, should uh, I put some, some soft classical music underneath this? You think? Oh, no need. Surely okay. your taste wouldn't, wouldn't match. Uh, okay, I have no enough. doubt. <laughs> Drag me. Queen. Went, to, went to Brown university. So I know a thing or two about Ah, the party, the party school of the Ivies. Good. Good. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I was fairly solitary. I would now, assume that all your siblings are doing better than you. Oh. <laughs> That's just a bit of New Yorker mirth. Yes, yes of course. Let's move past that immediately. <laughs> I feel like he does a lot of moving past things swiftly. Hey, you know, that's how you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta just fucking keep your eye on the prize. And the, and right now we're about to get that prize, which is uh, a retrospective of everything that our, our dear friend here, Jerry O'Toole has seen this year. Please take it away. I, Jerry. I, yes. My, my favorite prize, nostalgia. Nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> Nostalgia. The death of the American dream, if you, because what I call it, nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. Of course, and, and Kevin, obviously, I've listened to the podcast. I haven't. I had someone write something up for me. I know that your taste it that tracks towards the, the simple. And <laughs> don't feel that because my opinions, my feelings, my sort of creative intuition on a film um, is a comment on you in any way or your intelligence. Sure. So, no, I certainly won't be thinking about that the whole time now. There's no way. Certainly. Certainly. Of course. Of course. Uh, let's and, just and move so, past it. Let's move. And, and let's move past it. <laughs> so the, the first film I saw this year and the first one I'd like to discuss a little movie called bad boys for life. Of course, uh. starring Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. And are you, are you a fan of the, the first two in the series? I, I am, and I believe Ian and I have talked specifically about how those are very fun movies. Very fun, very fun. My review of Bad Boys for Life, more like Sad Boys, get a life. Oh! If you, if you like this movie, maybe try growing up and paying your gas bill for once. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I like to have a little fun sometimes with Dude, these film reviews. You have a little fun or go straight for who, the jugular, man. That was who did you who, who did you run these quips by? Your cheesemonger? Like, what? <laughs> Uh, that would be head editor of the New Yorker, David A. Rendick Selznick. Oh, <laughs> oh. No, no, that's it. That's it. David A. Rendick Selznick. Oh, right, that's his name. 
That's correct. Okay. Yeah, no. Look, and I know what you're thinking. No relation. No, of course. When you reach a certain level in journalism, you don't need a full last name. You can just end with an initial. (laughs) Wait, wait, Jerry. Jerry, I have to ask because you 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 kind of uh, buried the lead there a little bit. You said no relation. Does that mean that your last name is a hyphenate O hyphen tool, where one of your parents' last name was O? Of course, that is true. <laughs> that is of course true. I um, hoped it was. <laughs> and and, 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 and to jump in front of the the next obvious question because it comes up in almost every single dinner party I go to. No, I'm not related to Karen O of the band. Oh wait, wait, no, you're going. You're <laughs> Hold on, you're going yeah, yeah, to yeah. dinner parties. Of course, it, it's it's my right as a New Yorker. Oh my god. Oh, oh so yeah, you're still going to dinner parties then. Well, that, I mean, it goes without saying, and, and I don't know if I mentioned this, but I actually went to Brown, so I know a, a, a few medical experts who told me that, you know, it, this thing mostly affects the, those who don't read The New Yorker, shall we say. Uh, you <laughs> almost said pores, but I got you. I, I no, it up. no, no, let's move hey, past Hey, it. man, let's hey, man, I, hey, man, I read The New Yorker. I read it for the cartoons, but I read The New Yorker. <laughs> Of course. Of course. We love a visual learner. <laughs> I like that you call them the cartoons. <laughs> I, you know, the Bugs Bunnies, the Scooby-Doo's of the New Yorker. It's fun stuff. Scooby-Doo in a top hat talking about gas prices in the Middle East. <laughs> it's fun. Oil. The second movie I saw this year. Or yes, call it Yes. Film. <laughs> I am a film critic after all, not a movie critic. Oh, uh, yeah. Citizen Wait. Kane. Now, the next film I saw this year, and I say film, not movie, of course, because I am a film critic, not a movie man, was The Invisible Man, starring Elizabeth Moss, of course, uh, a horror film, a remake of a classic. And to The Invisible Man, uh, my review, I say uh, more like the extremely visible lack of filmmaking talent, <laughs> because the only thing this movie is haunting is my nightmares when I dream about movies that weren't very good. <laughs> oh, so you're kind of a you're kind of a cheeky bastard. It sounds like oh the cheek. I mean, it, it must be had. <laughs> it must be said. I mean, as far as it goes, like as far as whenever a movie comes out, you turn the other cheek in terms of dragging said film because you're. I like that, and that's what I like about people that work in your profession. As somebody who uh, is, you know. Uh, working from a role of a critic of any sort is that you don't really make anything, but you love tearing things down. And I like that. And you're doing it really well so far. So I'm really here for this. Now, Kevin, you're going to have to repeat everything you just said because I was drinking tea and couldn't hear you. <laughs> How loudly are you drinking that, tea? Yeah, is that is that a common sensory issue for you? Is that you're, you're unable to perceive things while drinking tea? Well, one of the things that makes me a great film critic is my ability to sort of hone in the senses on whatever I'm doing. So, how do you how do you drink tea from a bubble helmet? Let's move past it. I think we got an episode title. Um, <laughs> Swiftly, swiftly move past it. Swiftly thus, exit pursued by Bear. Uh, That's cool, though. I like that you're able to achieve some kind of zen state when you're uh, sipping your tea. What kind of tea you got over there? Chamomile, Earl Grey? What are you doing? Your palate wouldn't be ready for it. Oh, shit. All right. Fuck my dress. I was going to say, this guy probably starts at Oolong and it it only gets worse from there. (laughs) Now, I'm sure sure you have more films that you want to uh, eviscerate, but I was curious if maybe – uh, unless, you know, this seems like too big of an ask, maybe Ian and I could both uh, give you our favorite movies that we saw this year and you could possibly tell us what you thought of them. 
I would love to. I would love to. Unless they're already in the list that I've created. In which case, I may have to move past it. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Ian, do you have a favorite movie that you saw this year? Uh, So a movie that came... Yeah, a film that was released this year. Uh, Let me see. Um, I liked... I think my favorite film of the year was uh, The Five Bloods. Yeah, that was a good one. Defy Bloods, Spike Jones, Spike Lee. <laughs> no, wow. but I really, but I really want to see Spike wow. Jones' version of that, where like Arcade Fire is playing and shit. <laughs> of course, of course, wow. Spike Lee, a, 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 a true American cinema hero, uh, a starring Spike Jones joint. This is based on some for real, for real stuff. <laughs> of course, of course, and and I would love to see his take on uh, race in America, <laughs> especially now, and and. and of course, the Oscar campaign we we all knew was coming for Delroy Lindo as one of the lead Five Bloods, and 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 to the Five Bloods, my review you could encapsulate it best by saying that I didn't see it. <laughs> okay, okay, you know what? I mean that, that that's solid. That that seems that seems fair because uh, none of the other movies that he's talked about this year I have seen. Right, so, same here, same here. Yeah, to, to yeah I. I Bad Boys for Life is the the number one grossing film of this year, but I have not seen it. Um, I also did not see The Invisible Man. Um, I saw I saw mostly movies from like the past thirty years this year. This was right. a this was a big year for for me to just retreat to streaming services. Uh, does Mister O'Toole have thoughts about that? Name one. Name one. Name any of them. Um, <laughs> any any streaming service or any yeah, movie from a streaming service. Name a streaming service. Um, so how 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 do you feel about Disney Plus? Disney Plus, more like Walt Disney sort of stayed frozen. The buffering is no good. <laughs> I mean, I, I I agree. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, my my main issue with Disney Plus is that we've mostly been watching it on the the PlayStation app, um, and ah. so. So I have I've mostly been getting my Mandalorian like eighty seconds at a time, <laughs> and I and I told I told him I told Walter last week in a dinner party in New York. You it, talked to Walt Disney. Disney. That's correct. I told oh, you, this, this, is this, this, this is this is a scoop. So he's 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 out. He's motile. And to that I say, let's move past it. <laughs> we'll move past it, but I will bring it up later, probably. Yeah, no, no, no. We we need we need more scoops on uh, Walter. You said Walter Walter Disney. Uh, uh, Mr. O'Toole, I, I wanted to say that uh, I wanted to pitch my review to Disney of Disney Plus to you to see if this is something that you would like consider using in a review. You'd be like Disney Plus, more like Disney minus. Is that pretty good? No, is that a joke? Uh, it was more of a, it was, um, it's not really a joke. It was more of like a humorous, it was like, a, like, instead of being a comedian, I consider myself a humorist. So it was less a joke and more a pitch headline that got rejected a year and a half ago. <laughs> uh, Ian knows almost probably a hundred percent accurate. Uh, now I will say before we get back to your favorites, I just want to say my favorite movie that I saw this year from 2020, uh, Mr. O'Toole, uh, Jerry, if I will, uh, if I may, uh, was probably, uh, with a G. Okay. That's good for the episode notes. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) but I would say, where, where, where is the G? uh, Well, it's about uh, two inches in and then you curl your finger up. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet Christ. 
I was, my favorite film that I saw this year, Mr. Jerry O'Toole, was uh, a little indie film starring Andy Samberg called Palm Springs. Do you have a, Do you have any thoughts on Palm Springs? Palm Springs, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I, through your tone of voice, I could tell that was insincere and a drag. I liked it. <laughs> I thought the performances were so special. The writing, <laughs> Groundhog Day updated for 2020. That's just what I needed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. On this Zoom call, you waggled your eyebrows so much your monocle fell out. That was insane. <laughs> I hope Kristen Miliani gets more work. <laughs> <laughs> Good pull. Good pull. I couldn't think of her name. Uh, so you obviously are a bigger fan than I. Since it seems your audio might have dropped off again, I'll just rattle off a few in a row. Yeah, uh, rattle and, and, and hope you will. Yeah. So the next film that I like to talk about is a film called Birds of Prey and the Fatabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, also known as Birds of Prey, also known as Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. <laughs> yes, yes, I've seen this film. Two stars. The next film I'd like to talk about is called Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Which which two stars? Which two stars? Hold on. I give it there's, two stars. There's there's swift there's swiftly moving past things, and then there's this. This is wow. The two stars, I believe, were uh, uh, Ewan McGregor and what's your goddamn Margot Robbie, right? And to that, I say two stars. <laughs> Those are certainly two stars. Uh, so yeah, Sonic. I did see Sonic as well. I enjoyed that a bit. Uh, how did you How did you feel about it? Say that again. <laughs> I think this is a power move. I think he was drinking tea again. Uh, yep, yep, yep. I, I'm curious about your review of Sonic the Hedgehog. I enjoyed that film. Sonic the Hedgehog, of course, of course. And and, and can you still hear me as I'm talking? I can. Uh-huh. I can. Uh, because I, sometimes I, I, I'm, at a, I'm at a dinner party and I've talked for 45 minutes straight and no one has left. <laughs> oh, no. I well, do that, get in the zone. And, and anyways, because someone because someone jammed a saber through the exit door. <laughs> <laughs> the fire escape has been sealed off with a halberd. And of course, what is a classic New York party without a fire escape? <laughs> now, Sonic the Hedgehog, of course, a classic video game we've all played. <laughs> and so Sonic the Hedgehog, I say, Sonic the, wait a second, whose hog is that? Oh my God, Jerry, your camera's still on. What the hell are you doing? Uh... Now, like, it's called uh, The Crude's A New Age. More like, ah, okay, oh, Rude, another... I said I was sorry. Why do we need an internal investigation? This, this is, is another ridiculous. movie that I haven't seen. It does seem like your review is aggressively tied to uh, your Zoom uh, penis scandal. Of course. And it's the last time I'll bring it up. I promise. It's, it's one of those things <laughs> that just like, hung over me like a, like a sword of Damocles, which is a reference I can send you a link on later. <laughs> oh, please. Please, yeah, we could put that in the episode notes so people could look up the Sword of Damocles. Of course, it's Greek, a language I studied. <laughs> Ooh. The next film I'd like to review <laughs> is Vin Diesel's Bloodshot, which, of course, is based on a comic book, co-starring Guy Pierce, a classic sure. actor. Classically and trained. And say, Bloodshot, more like Headshot, man down, after an internal investigation, I've been let go of my position as film critic at The New Yorker. End. Oh no! Oh uh, no! So your your reviews, your your wrap up of the there's a narrative here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's I, devastating. I suppose you could say there's a narrative, but isn't there a narrative in the work that all of us do when you draw a line from A to B to C? Of course, the most boring way to do it. 
Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. A, B to C. What well, that sounds like something that a square would do. I like to jump around the alphabet, you know, uh, do a little Tarantino with it, jump from A to G and then back to six. You know what I mean? Like that's not even the alphabet. And you know, between, yeah, I was, I was, I was going to say drawing, drawing lines with lettered points is that's absolutely for squares. You gotta, you gotta throw in some extra variables in there. You both have a lot of experience with, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We only caught the end of that. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't even, I can't even tell how I'm being roasted. We're moving so swiftly past everything <laughs> i assure you it was devastating <laughs> I, I was starting I'll, to think I'll that you had right a i was thinking you had a shoddy internet connection but now i'm realizing you bet you're moving past things so quickly that they are ceasing to exist in the the, the space-time continuum yeah sorry uh what is what does mr o'toole think of uh borat borat <laughs> oh subsequent movie film Borat subsequent movie film yes thank you uh, a film i was not allowed to be in for legal reasons <laughs> The film that you were not allowed to be in or allowed to see? Of course. I was. I, I begged to be involved as a way to rehab my image and was told uh, I was both not famous enough and too disgusting, <laughs> which, of course, made the Rudy Giuliani scene feel even more of a slight. Oh, man. Yeah, that's wow. got to be just like a dagger. That's got to be just a dagger in the heart, man. That's rough. I'm, I'm sorry I've been so hard on you this uh, you know, twenty hey, minutes or whatever. Hey, don't say hard on. It's triggering for that Zoom call he was on. Oh God! Oh God! It's back! It's back! <laughs> but to be, to be passed up, to be passed over for Rudy Giuliani is pretty devastating. I do agree. My heart does go out to you, Jerry. Well, of course, it's not the first time. Not the first time you've. Been, were you in the running to be mayor of New York when nine eleven happened? Uh, I was in the. I was in the running to be the first one on camera after nine eleven happened, and of course, you beat me to it. Wait. <laughs> Like is that like a role? Like you were gonna you were gonna like say the role of Rudy Giuliani and like and like do a performance about nine eleven? Well, of course, it's when I was trying to get my film criticism TV show, a la Ebert and Roper, off the ground, and for whatever reason, they they pulled our airing to air Mayor Giuliani's press conference. And I should say that we weren't going to address the nine eleven at all whatsoever. So right, I, I right. Can see now in retrospect, it's, it seems like a big deal at the moment. Just, we just thought. A couple of buildings. What, what, that's New York every day. <laughs> There's so many buildings in New York. Two of them are gone. Everyone's going to freak the fuck out about it. The next film I'd like to review <laughs> is called The Way Back, starring, of course, America's sweetheart Ben Affleck as a sad sack piece of shit loser who loses his job and his family because of his destructive and offensive behavior and tries to find redemption as a high school basketball coach. Sure. Now, the first thing I thought when I saw The Way Back was... They let this guy around kids, but not me. What the hell? Oh, so, so I'm starting to sense that your reviews have gone from scathing and snarky to uh, uh, very uh, personal and poignant and, and pointed at uh, uh, specific things that you've been uh, wrongs that have been done unto you. Is that am I am I reading that correctly? Or am I reading too deep into it? I'm not a critic. I don't know. Well, surely- I'm still I'm still upset remembering that the way back happened this year. Yeah, I remember the billboard for that film because I produced it and it was just around the uh, corner of my my street. (laughs) But we'll see if that callback lands if I left that in the episode. Who knows? I think that one might have got scrubbed. We'll see. (laughs) Might have been scrubbed. Uh, Yeah, so Jerry, uh, you're not allowed allowed around kids anymore. Oh, temporarily, of course. It's um, three consecutive life sentences. What? Just because your dick was out on Zoom? If anything, that sounds light. Yeah, you got and, off easy. Yeah. And don't don't say he got off. <laughs> bring it up again. I assure you, Kevin, the getting off was not easy. <laughs> God damn it! 
And all those voices in my ear certainly didn't help. <laughs> the next one I'd like to review is a little film called Mulan, Disney's Mulan. And, and, and to Mulan, I'd like to say more like mob rule on. Now, as with all disgraced oh. members of the media, this was my attempt to do a hard pivot and become an alt-right media personality after I'd been canceled and blame the whole thing on cancel culture. Uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> when I submitted this review to Breitbart, even they said I was the exception that proves the rule, end quote. Wow! You got shunned by Breitbart. That's devastating. It, I'm so sorry. It's been a difficult year for all of us. <laughs> yeah, you had a very specifically, very specifically difficult year in terms of, uh, uh, you know, uh, it seems like no one will have you. You lost your job at the New Yorker. You can't be around children for three consecutive life sentences, uh, even within a socially distanced way, I would imagine. Uh, and then and then Breitbart denies you. It's like, where do you go from here? <laughs> I go to Mank, the next film I'd like to review. <laughs> and now I saw this film and I thought it was great, but I can't wait to see what your review is. Oh, oh, I'm glad you said that because I had a negative review. <laughs> oh, I did. I thought you this is the one you would like. <laughs> Mank, more like Shank. This magnum dopus from Hollywood snarling David Flincher took a hard slice into citizen lame territory for this review. Talk about rough. The main thing I didn't like about Mank was that it was in black and white, which is not sexy to me. <laughs> I do like that this was at least in the sense, uh, format, formatted in the, the style of a review and not just <laughs> the insane ramblings of a convicted sex offender. Sure, sure. This is, this is one of the ones that he had copied before the incident. <laughs> Well, well, I'm glad you brought that up. It was it was an attempt by me to sort of go back to my roots, do the thing that America had fallen in love with about my reviews, and see if I could start to rehab my image. Unfortunately, oh, much much like the film Mank itself is exactly. a, a throwback to the exactly. yeah. Okay, I see what you're doing here. And much like Mank himself, I went on to fail, and no one knew my name for hundreds of years. <laughs> oh boy! If I'm not mistaken, though, I think I have read a little bit about you uh, on the New Yorker website because I, you know, I, I read, and I believe you also have a weird beef with Orson Welles. Is that true? Of course, and I'm glad you used the word beef yeah. uh, because prior to Orson Welles, uh, my thing was that I was going to eat myself to death on national television. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he took that from you? He went ahead and stole that right from me. Oh, oh devastating. Boy. I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm so sorry. But uh, so Mank, Mank, no stars from you because of black and white mostly? No stars from me. The only star I saw on the film was the guy who did, all the, all, the guy who did all the commercials to elect the governor because I thought that guy was pretty smart. <laughs> so, we, so you stand for uh, uh, advertisement. Well, I agree with his politics, at least. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a Netflix, straight-to-Netflix release. That wasn't uh, in the theaters, but there really hasn't been much in the theaters. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, because I did see one movie in theaters. Oh, did you? That started. That's right. A little film you might know as Tenet. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, the the uh, Could, uh, you, could you say it going. again? Could you say it again? A little film you might know as Tenet. Could you say it again? A little film you might know as Tenet. Could you say it again? Let's move past it. <laughs> I was just going to keep asking. Ian goes into a similar meditative state when he's slamming bourbon. So he, he couldn't really hear what you were saying. <laughs> slamming bourbon reminds me of one of my favorite movies of the 2000s, Slamming Salmon. Oh, the worst broken lizard movie? 
Only Wait, I thought, I thought we were talking about Tenet. We were. Tenet. But, but we're now we're just thinking about Salmon. <laughs> now, Tenet, I, I wrote a lengthy review, but but, but let me re- re- just read you the, the, the lead. Uh, with, with most of the reviews I've given you so far, I've given you the full text of the review. But this one I just want to do, the opening sentence or two. Please, Tenet. yes. I saw this film in theaters, opening weekend, hoping against hope that I would catch COVID and die. <laughs> Brutal. If you if you're seeing this now, dear le- dear reader, just know that I was not so lucky. Ah, uh, devastating. And so you uh, Staten Island. I hate, it, I, hate, I, I hate it when a when a plan falls apart. <laughs> it's like the reverse A team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say that is comparable to my neighbor's review of Tenet, uh, and he is not but a uh, lowly 22 uh, year old California pizza kitchen employee. So, you know, I don't anticipate his review will stack up as admirably to your review, but this is his review word for word. If I may be so bold, uh, Jerry, I don't want to step in your territory here, but could I, could I listen. <laughs> he said, uh, I like what they were trying to go for, but like, you know, it was like pretty fucking weird, but it wasn't, Weird. It was trying to be relatable to like dumb people like my girlfriend, <laughs> but it didn't. It was still too convoluted. She didn't get it. Uh, that was his review. <laughs> yes. What life must be like to have a loved one? <laughs> oh, you know, nobody, uh, no special, no special someone to be quarantined with uh, or at dinner parties with, uh, Jerry. Oh, oh. Where did you lose me? <laughs> I lost you when I – it kind of worked out nicely because we lost you right when I asked you if there was anyone special in your life. And then there was a long silence. Perfect. Because what I said was, let's move past it. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. I do want to return to one comment, however, which is – Kevin. Yes. Even as a New Yorker, <laughs> I know that in California, you just call it a pizza kitchen. <laughs> Uh, that is that is false. You've been you've been you've been sold a bill of goods, yeah, sir. Like you don't call your magazine the Er. <laughs> of course we do. <laughs> the New York Er is what you call it. That's maybe the shittiest joke I've ever made on this podcast. Hey, you said you wanted to bring the funny back. Don't, yeah. don't be don't be sad that this is where it led you. I'm dusting some shit off over here, okay, everybody. Yeah, yeah, we've all we've all got dust bunnies. We've all got cobwebs. <laughs> oh God! All right, so we should probably go in for the close here. But do you have any other uh, reviews you'd like to share with us, Jerry O'Toole from the New Yorker? Three more. Three more. All right, oh, let's do them. Let's good. go. All right. And go through them let's... fairly quickly, as I have <laughs> sure, sure. with all the others. <laughs> sure, sure. Trial of the Chicago 7. The jury is back from chambers, and the verdict is in. Guilty of being a little too sentimental for my taste. Oh, that was The nice. pattern of evidence is making it clear to this critic, for one, that Mr. Shorkin is his own worst enemy, a sometime once-in-a-generation talent when paired with visually inventive and emotionally calculating directors, but a middling, somewhat hokey hoister of his own petard. One and a half thumbs raised at a slight angle. <laughs> that is the most actual review review you've had. I like that. that yeah, that that's the best copy we've we've had, and I, I, I it didn't make me hate anything. <laughs> All right, number two. The only thing go. I've learned to hate this year is myself. <laughs> that's fair, given what you've done. Review okay. number two. Let's hear this. Let's hear the second one of the three. Fantastic. Soul by Pixar. I didn't get it. 
<laughs> that now I said the last review is your most review sounding review. That is the most honest review that I believe a hundred percent about. That you. is that is that is probably probably the most the most honest thing you've said. <laughs> I watched that thing and I'm like, what's going on? All these people are ghosts. <laughs> And of course, a film about New York itself, which I didn't find to be authentic at all. It made jokes about basketball and jazz and pizza. That's not part of my authentic New York experience. What would your version of soul be? Dinner parties. <laughs> Where like nothing goes wrong, really, except maybe a snafu on a Zoom call. Yeah. You always someone... need to know that you have enough club soda in case anything gets spilled. Yeah. The 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 O'Toole version of soul is just called crust. <laughs> Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. He was he was talking, and you were explaining snafu, and I heard them both at the same time. And uh, I I hate this. I have dysphoria now, and I I want to just curl up in a ball and eat soup. This is gonna be a nightmare to edit. Um, hey, <laughs> you're you're working out mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's glad just I like my it. favorite film of 2019, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! And you have a review for that, or just that's the review? Favorite movie? Liked it. Love. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh god. Well, with this, with that being said, uh, that is a pretty brilliant encapsulation of everything that 2020 had to offer for us film wise, and I think we've uh, really, uh, you know, put some dents in some people's Netflix queues out there. You know what I mean? Of course, and and, and I'll leave the listeners with this. Yes. If you know anyone who's hiring, I can type, I can transcribe, I can do all sorts of things that don't require me to be around other people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so email me at kbcomedy at gmail.com. <laughs> this is made like comedy. <laughs> or whatever Kevin's email address is. It was, close, it was close, and I'm glad you cut out briefly or I talked over you because you were pretty damn close to my actual email. <laughs> you piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, uh, this is the end of the episode because I have to do all this tonight on New Year's Eve. So (laughs) it's going to be fine. What else was I going to do? I'm already drinking. Um, (laughs) uh, This obviously comes out on January 1st, 2021, the year of our Lord. Ian Ager, where can people find you? What do you want them to know about? Talk to them. Um, so you can find me on social media at Ian Ager. That's, uh, I A N A G E R. It's a, it's a very short name. The name is in fact so short that I had to add characters to it to sign up for health insurance in the state of California this <laughs> year. Yeah. You need at least eight characters for a username. So I couldn't just type my full name out. Oh, I thought you meant like your name was too short. Like you had to change your name to get insurance. <laughs> Uh, it's a it's a whole thing. We're in plugs now, so I, I won't go into detail. But uh, we can we can talk about it after the fact. But uh, save the, that for Patreon. Sure, sure, save that for Patreon content. Uh, the healthcare system in this country is a fucking fraud, and more people should be up in arms about it. I agree. Um, I agree. I don't really I don't really have anything else to plug. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that'll do it for me. If you want to talk to me on the internet, do it there. If you want to offer me a job writing things or uh, doing doing any of the things that Mr. O'Toole can do uh, that don't include pulling his dick out on a Zoom call. Uh, yeah, it's not specific because I feel uncomfortable about that. <laughs> <laughs> but also if someone is hiring for that, you're not above it, right? <laughs> oh, I am. I am above. Oh, okay, okay. Mister O'Toole may not be, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. Oh, classic meatloaf. 
Yep. <laughs> uh, Jerry O'Toole, obviously you're looking for work. Is there anything else you would like to promote out there? Any uh, sketch comedians with shoddy internet connections out there that you want to promote? Nope. 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 <laughs> I guess actually, let me promote. I'll promote one thing, which is okay. the company Pfizer, which of course is a writer. <laughs> yeah, a writer for the New Yorker. My, of course, uncle owns Pfizer, so oh I'll go ahead God. and give them a plug. You uh, still went to Brown? <laughs> well, you know, the privilege will get you so far. I've been saying for years to no sympathy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and you know he's what? Only, he's he's only he's only a nephew, right? 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 He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't have that clear line of succession. And we're all happy. We're very happy here to give uh, the pharmaceutical company Pfizer the bleak and review bump that we always give to big corporations every episode. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Last week we were doing it for uh, those uh, BP oil, and now this week we're doing Pfizer. <laughs> Hey man, we we love capitalism. Otherwise, it kills us. Yeah, <laughs> I have a lot of investment in maintaining the status quo because I love. The only way I can come is if the rich stay rich. You know. Ooh. Ooh. Speaking I of which, like <laughs> I'll come. <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, of course, you could come on over to my social media handles at KB Anderson, yo, on all the things. Hey, you can even uh, go over to the Bleak and Review Patreon for some extra content. There's going to be some new shows in 2021 starting over there. One to be exact, but, you know, maybe more at some point. Uh, that's patreon.com slash Bleak and Review. Five bucks a month gets you access to uh, all bonus content that is Bleak and Review adjacent. And, you know, helps me uh, pay for stuff. And I like having some money, you know, so don't deny me that pleasure. Um, and that's about it. Oh, and you know, of course I want to promote Pfizer as well. Uh, I just want to bandwagon on that. Uh, Pfizer, we're here. That's, that's, I got paid. That's an ad read I had to do earlier in the episode. Uh, Ian Ager, thank you so much for being here, buddy. It's always good to talk to you. Yeah, this, this was fun. This was fun. And with editing, they won't even be able to tell how stressful it was. So it's going to be great. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, Godspeed. Godspeed, Godspeed you Black Emperor. Uh, that's banned. Not a weird thing that I said. Uh, and Jerry O'Toole, Jerry O hyphen Tool. Uh, thank you so much for your reviews. I wish you the best in your search for employment, and uh, I encourage you to continue keeping your uh, uh, camera off on Zoom calls. Thank you. I'll take that note. <laughs> All right, that's it for us every week. Uh, this week, everybody, we'll see you next Friday. Happy 2021. Let's not die. Uh-huh.